evening, sir. I'm Lida Fernandez. Evening. And I'm covering Team Unity. Okay. How are you and Tessie Oreta right now? I guess we're okay, no? but of course, we can't remember actually when was the last time I talked to him. But I don't think we are, I've not, I've refrained from answering any question with regards to her, no? especially those that would want me to criticize her. No? I keep saying that she's my aunt, she's my dad's younger sister. And I owe it to my dad and my, my grandmother, no? not to say anything negative about my aunt. Uh, how has the Aquino issue in the common resolved? You know, I've been getting ano, mixed signals the whole day. 8 o'clock this morning, I was being asked to comment given the fact that uh, Theodore Aquino, it seems, had been disqualified. When we checked with the Comelec, we were told that there was a hearing scheduled. It should have been resolved today. They made the Comelec pronounce that they would uh, make uh, decisions on cleaning up the, so the list today. Third, there's a third? Yes. Okay. This evening, I was told that there, a hearing uh, was set. And uh, later... In the evening, no, which was earlier today, they said that uh, there was a decision already, a decision on the case already. So I have had six opinions as to what has transpired today, and, I'm, and unfortunately, there's no official word on it. And uh, that will be the first petition that we will file. The next will be a petition on uh, on who has the right to use the Aquino surname, or who will have, you know, whose votes for Aquino will be counted to whom. We want a. Uh, Parang nakomelec to really define that already, to make a ruling on it. To protect again, if people are going to vote for me, to ensure that their, their will is, a, is a correctly counted. And will that not widen the rift between you and Tessie or Well, I don't think that that should widen the rift. No? But at the same time, uh, I'm still in constant touch with, uh, no, with my uncle, the husband of my tita Tessie. Uh, we are we are, we have been trying to resolve this issue among and, and there are other people who have been trying to resolve it, but uh, I guess in we also I, it's clear to each other that we have to protect our own individual rights. Sir, there are Aquinos in almost all arena in this country in show business in politics. There are a number. So, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, simply lang, just that. Uh, Yung, I completed the assignments that were given to me. I, I, I continued the process of going to a rightful place. What does that mean? Um, EDSA was supposed to be the start of get do all the things that were supposed to be right you know, in this country. What does that mean? Um, Marcelo was, had the government that uh, was the complete opposite of yung, the concepts of yung all for and by the people. It was off by you know by one person for his benefit and by his wishes and so on and so forth. So what does it mean? The people have a right to seek redress of grievances from their government. We have CPR now. Young uh, people can expect government uh, support in terms of their livelihood. So when farmers ask for assistance, there was a farm impl- uh, input program which resulted in the fertilizer scam issue. There is a when when the people responded to addressing the deficit issue, no, that should have been a means of ensuring that not more and more of our money is put into that service. No. What we got was things like North Rail, no. now in PNCs and so many other things no. that uh, cannot be explained with any sense no, to anybody who will look at even the basics. So, in things that government should be doing, we are going in the reverse. So, how should I be remembered? Somebody who didn't agree to that trend of backsliding, who did everything that he could, who pushed as far as he thought possible, trying to achieve that which is rightfully ours. Rightfully ours meaning the entire country and not, not we Aquinos lang. Just to emphasize. And being in the Senate will empower you more to do more things. In the House, though, the reality is, in, for instance, in President Estrada's impeachment, there were colleagues that we talked to and we said, this is the issue. They agreed. And parang every issue we talked about, he agreed. At the end of the day, I asked him and another colleague of mine asked him, so will you be with us? I'm sorry, I can't. Tama ba naman yung, yung tira proliferation ng gambling or intentions to set up uh, gambling resorts everywhere in the country? Hindi. Tama ba itong di umanin may smuggling nagre-reklamo na lahat ito manufacturers? Hindi. So, agreed, agreed on all our premises of why we were leaving. But at the end of the day, 
pasensya na kayo, hindi ako makakasama sa inyo. Dahil ganito, ganyan, may kailangan ako yung uwi sa distrito ko. And that is the reality. No? In the Senate, you don't have the same concern. There is that more freedom. Even the numbers there are even diba, a tenth of what it is in the House. In terms of convincing people, they might be harder to convince individually. But at the same time, there is a smaller amount that needs convincing on various advocacies. And they have demonstrated no, that they will not tolerate things that are wrong. Look at yung, yung 464, for instance. They have been the ones who have challenged it before the Supreme Court. We in the House have been victimized by it. And the response has been, we will ask the President to grant authority to so-and-so to attend our hearings. Yung parang baliktad na baliktad eh. Instead of asserting our rights, no? We will we will be thankful for the other agency of government or the other branch of government to recognize that right of ours. But we have a debt of gratitude that we will have to pay for them to honor our right. So that is the major difference, you know. Yung, the degree of freedom, the degree of... Uh, and I guess yung, if there's collateral damage, no? Yung, the, the stance that I took, to a degree, my constituents in the district also had to pay a price for it. Now, yung, the last sorrow that was released to my district you know, was in 2005 and these were for hospitals, you know, the specialty hospitals like Kidney Institute, the Heart Center and so on and so forth. No? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they, never, they didn't bother to raise a notice of cash allotments or availments for it. No? It was not funded. So, my constituents, that, yung items that were in the budget to them, they couldn't access. And in the Senate, no, yung... If they will pounce on me, they will just pounce on me. They will not pounce on a district because they, don't, they will no longer have a district. They will not pounce on uh, so many others that are you know, party mates, etc. Because I can act independently once there. Okay. Sir, um, last year, two issues that hug the limelight are the Subic rape case and the unabated political killings. Uh, to you, which is more important? international commitment or national sovereignty and security or human rights? Okay, it's a national sovereignty thing I answered that earlier, but just to reiterate, there should not be a conflict between the two. Now, national interests will dictate what international commitments you should undertake. If you cannot embark on an international, <coughs> excuse me, an international commitment that goes against our own laws, you know, so, which should be more important, again, I guess the, national, the issue of national sovereignty should be primarily, pri primary, primarily because we are given power by the Filipino people to advance their interests and to work for their causes. Everything else becomes secondary to those main goals. Okay, yung, the second question was human rights or security. Yung, the suppression of human rights has always been justified no, in the guise of national security. And we have our history to go back on, eh, martial law. And what did martial law produce? No? Was, was our security enhanced? How many were the new people's army at the start of the martial law regime? When they founded it in, if I'm not mistaken, 1969, the most, um, the biggest estimate was something like 100 people of students from the UP and remnants of the Hukbalahap. By the time Marcos was deposed, that was 25,000 already. So, the national security state did not ensure security, but rather um, increased our insurgency problem exponentially. It also gave rise to the Muslim secessionist issue. Okay. So, what does that mean? It's a failed uh, concept. Um, the Mindanao problem started out primarily as an agrarian issue. People who did not have title to the land, who were tilling it for generation suddenly found themselves dispossessed of their land. So what would have been the solution? Lawyers, courts, even laws enacted by Congress. What was the solution Marcos implemented? First the Philippine Constabulary, eventually the entire AFP. So what did that produce? Animosity that has, and, and hostilities that have continued unabated up to today. So that, you know, what does it profit us to embark again on failed strategies? Now, when you don't really address the root causes, you will not get to the right solutions. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Pinat Luna, editor Breaking News. Uh, Comilet has renewed its calls for senatorial candidates to submit a certificate of drug testing. Mm -hmm. Will you comply with this? I wanted to comply, I think even before I filed, no? 
because I was told, uh, I was asked, have you submitted something? I'm not aware that my lawyers did not tell me it was mandatory. Actually, it is not mandatory. But uh, even given that, no, I wanted to dispel any suspicions from the get-go. And unfortunately, our campaign staff is uh, not yet in full swing and fully oiled. And unfortunately, they're the only ones who can, who can tell me if I can go anywhere. Actually, they tell me where to go everywhere, every day, every hour. No? And I've asked twice to, for them to schedule it, and I've yet to be given that schedule. But I, I do intend to comply. Well, not, perhaps comply is, not, is the wrong word, but to, to, to undertake uh, the drug test because I've complied in terms of renewing the license, in terms of the first time I ran, and, and so on and so forth. So it's not really an issue. It's really just a question of finding the time that does, does not conflict with all the commitments that they've already given to me. So you will be submitting a certificate of drug test? Yes. Um, a lot of candidates have been promising practically the sun, the moon, <laughs> and the stars to the public. Yes. What do you think can you give or can you offer to the yeah, Philippines yeah. which other candidates cannot? Well, I'd like, I, I would not like to disparage any of them. No? But my, in the theme that I have always been uh, very, very partial to is in the catch-all phrase of going in Tama. What does that mean? No? Um, when we had problems, for instance, in the growth sector in Tarlac of uh, poultry, no? and the banks that were financing all of these poultry operations. Then uh, the off reported rumor of an abated smuggling in Clark. Mm -hmm. no? in, we went and uh, uh, stood up for the rights of the Filipinos in Tarlac by challenging the authority that did not want to change it no? um, to, the, to the detriment of uh, perhaps our political career, even our physical safety and so on and so forth. When we had issues in Luisita, I was told it would be politically unwise no, to stand up for, for one side or another. And I said, the people of Tarlac and this district elected me to this particular position. The situation there now is that uh, you know, operating capital of about 2 billion pesos outside of uh, Luisita has been lost. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, 11 barangays within Luisita engaged in farm cultivation are you know, there is no certainty as to how they will recover their livelihood. So when there were quarters that wanted to exacerbate the problem, I'm not saying only from one side, there were actually two major forces that wanted to increase that problem, and I stood up to both of them, you know, regardless of the consequences. I think I was fulfilling my duty, you know, and I was doing that which was right. Now that uh, it would help perhaps my political career, even in terms of funding to join the administrations. I cannot imagine myself joining them and supporting all of the activities that they have been doing, you know, at least as far as from 2004 to the present, and the non-abatement of that. No? Uh, so, I guess it's a basic philosophy that a lot of our problems are problems because we have allowed them to be. No? And not, not just to be, but to be in existence, to come into fruition, so on and so forth. How, how does no, no, how does how will a government for instance suppress dissent with a, a, an armed forces and a police force that is basically the same level it was mm -hmm. in the 80s mm -hmm. when uh, people in violation of Batas Pambansa 880 no, who were peacefully assembled got truncheon uh, got water cannonaded and got you know, filled with tear gas and the entire populace stood up and said you can't do that then it would not have been repeated, and, and so, on, so on and so forth. It's just a question of this is right and this is wrong, and people should really be ready to stand up for what is right regardless. And it shouldn't really be uh, a question of expediency, mm -hmm. which unfortunately a lot of our politicians seem to see that uh, as the only, uh, the only reason that they know, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And yet, um, you have decided to join the opposition. Yes which uh, former President Estrada has endorsed uh, and, and he's a part of but he's a not part of the only and he's right now <laughs> facing a plunder case right so how would how do you explain that how would you reconcile we have not advocated for instance suppression of the trial that is undergoing if elected senator a senator does not review the decisions of the court no? mm -hmm. uh, there is no direct correlation between getting elected into office and being of service to this person. 
I've always maintained that President Estrada, on a personal level, is a friend. We are we have disagreed on policies. We have uh, opposed also certain vestiges of his governance. No? In in his endorsement, now I've made it clear time and again that uh, apart from my visit to his house last uh, Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, the only other time I visited him after saying goodbye in October 2000 was the brief uh, hospital stay he had in San Juan for something like mm -hmm. 30 minutes. And we did, not, we did not discuss my political plans. It is clear in my mind that having accepted the his endorsement, it is not subject to any quid pro quo because there was no proposal to begin with. No? You know, I'd like to view it as you know, something really, uh, uh, such a pleasant surprise on my part because in all, in all reality, I had expected that he would be endorsing my aunt rather than me, you know, given the fact that my aunt mm -hmm. has never left his side. Mm -hmm. And of course, that he would have all of the grounds to be mad at me. When it came, then obviously I said thank you, especially given the fact that I can, you know, I really believe that it is not equivalent to turning back on anything that I have committed myself to for all this time. Because if that was a, a precondition, then it would have been a, it would have been no deal. At the end of the day, when you, how would you like your term to be remembered if elected senator? In, in, well, I'll, I'll go back first to my district. No, in, When I was first campaigning, there was somebody who said, a lady in fact who said, regardless of whoever is elected, we are in the same condition. What does that mean? No, we were poor to begin with. We were poor while that person was in office. We will be lucky if we were not poorer after he leaves office. And, and that to me was... Um, the perfect uh, way of summarizing why democracy died. It's not, it's not relevant to us, it doesn't help us, it's meaningless to us. And I couldn't accept that. And I wanted them to see that our interaction, our cooperation produced changes. No? And it can be something as trivial as a road. No? You know, there was one barangay in particular in the 2nd District of Tarlac, in fact, in Tarlac City, which was uh, unpaved, and this was 1998, no? two years before the start of the new millennium. And we're like an hour and a half away. And this is not a hinterland road. This is the road that is connected to the MacArthur Highway, which is formally called the Manila North Road. It's the primary trunk route no, from the metropolis to areas in the north. And if somebody says, ano po bang preban yung kailangan na hindi kami iniintindi ng gobyerno? Yun yun eh. No? So, of course, that is already now paved. No? And then there are, yung each of my barangays would have had between three to four projects varying in terms of your cost and, and net effect. No? But at the end of the day, there were changes in all of these barangays, uh, be it in infrastructure, be it your access to technical training, be it so many things, no? that they can say that ah, there, our interaction resulted into changes. So what, what do I want? Yung, so, and those who are cynical and jaded and say, be realistic, that's politics, and these are all the catchphrases. They say, you know, I, I'm sorry, no, but my idols are people who said, you know, why should it be, you know, you, when we can, when, when we withdraw our support for that, which is, which it, let me try and make it clearer, no, I'm trying, I'm sounding like one of my philosophy professors before, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, the only thing, the only reason that anything can exist in any society is if the people allow it. If they don't want something, it's all just a question of people saying no. No? And if it's a question of something that should be supported, then again, it's a really just a question of organized people who are knowledgeable who will say yes to it. So what I'm trying to say is, you're not condemned to accept that which you find. No? You can change it, but if you are committed to changing it, that's the only requirement. And if not, you have actually supported to maintaining the, the status quo. And if you have committed to it, the only sensible reason for doing that is because you're happy with the status quo. So if you're not, no, and then you should do something about it. Then why do I do that? Primarily because there are those who really sacrifice so much and they never even got to taste the freedom again. And at the end of the day, I'm going to be able to face them. No? And will, be, will I be telling them, thank you, huh? but you know, we didn't treasure it. And I, I don't know, no? when, it, when I see my, my father's face, then some of his other allies and colleagues, there seems to be something intrinsically wrong if I, if I choose not to undertake my share of the burden. Hi sir, I'm Erwin Oliva. I write about technology and politics and elections. Anyway, sir, uh, 
this uh, what we're doing right now is called a podcast and many of these t- technologies are now available to the people and you've, you've there have been debates in Congress right now about internet voting mm. so my first question is how do you intend to use uh, technology in your campaign well in right now we're limited to the conservative no which means TV ads radio ads mm. so on and so forth there are various proposals to use SMS uh, websites so on and so forth no? I'm not that technologically savvy so I'm leaving it up to the experts to determine and of course being in the opposition our resources as, are not as extensive mm-hmm. as those of the administration then um, it will really be just a question of you know, what will generate the most impact for our campaign mm-hmm. so and also yeah. there is the questions of I don't know there was some proposal for instance of a database of cell phone users and automatically I said, are we not violating anything in terms mm-hmm. of your constitutional right to privacy? They said that, no? And they were saying, that's perfectly legal. And of course, the proponent would say that, no? But yeah. I, I'm having that check before even embarking on that. Okay. So do you intend to do some SMS campaigning? Uh, I will I will really want to check on uh, no, okay. what uh, legal constraints there are, if any. Yeah. I think the comic is still working on that, sir. I don't want to be even accused of violating it even in the spirit aspect. Because ah, okay. we have I was senior vice chairman of the Civil Political and Human Rights Committee. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, no, communication between two individuals is privileged well, is supposed to be subject to the privacy provisions of the constitution. Mm-hmm. Sir, what are your thoughts on uh, internet voting as I mentioned earlier okay. and the poll automation at large? In, again, I'm I don't know if I'm a prisoner of history, no, but you know, Tagalogs have the saying of Paramaratis uh, pa paroroon Kailangan tingnan yung pinanggalingan And Americans and other Western countries Would have the idea of history repeating itself no? mm-hmm. Now, in 1986 We had computer programmers walking out In the official tabulation Of the com- of uh, the results of the snap election Because what they were inputting Was not being recorded In the tallies okay? the, uh, So what did that show us? No? That whereas uh, The um, the manner of cheating right now involves so many conspirators and each one in turn can become your potential witness to expose and to find out that there is cheating ongoing and also to serve as a means of convicting the perpetrators when it when you get into technology it is not again the cure all mm-hmm. no? in fact it can make cheating worse because if you have such a good programmer who manages to disguise all of the lines of code so well, mm-hmm. and you only talk to one. Now, there's a conspiracy, siguro, of the person who wanted votes talent for him and that programmer. And before you're able to prove it, in case you're able, mm-hmm. you're ever able to uh, to ferret how it was done, baka naman not only the term was finished, but perhaps two terms have already been finished. No? So what does that point out? It's not really a question of the form, the system, the methodology, no? It really goes back to the persons you know, involved in the process. It can be the most primitive system. It can be the most advanced system. But at the end of the day, if there is a, there are entities who are intent on subverting the people's will, you know, they will be able to do it. And the, our, our job is to ensure that we make it even more difficult for them or even more unrewarding for those that will subvert the people's will. So you're saying, sir, that... Uh Despite all these modernization plans that we have in Comelec, we need to change the people within the agency which had been... Uh, you, just to give you one of the simple uh, suggestions has been, uh, prior to Marcelo, there were uh, mandated majority... Well, parang automatic commissioners representing either of the two parties. Mm-hmm. There were proportional representation, if I'm not mistaken. Of course, I was a toddler in the pre-Marcelo years, <laughs> but... Both parties, not just an administration's appointees, were mm-hmm. put into into position. Can we get into something like that? Yeah. Unfortunately, we have a lot more parties than two. So does that mean every party that sets up is entitled to one commission? It might become so unwieldy. Yeah. But there can be, I guess, a compromise to that. Oh. Hey, uh, that is that is so simple. No? Yung, I think I, I am not a lawyer, but to a general, in the general sense, violating the election or the omnibus election code uh, results in permanent disqualification from running mm-hmm. for public office. And if you're uh, tempted with 
tens if not hundreds of millions to do some magic come election time you know, i guess people who are so inclined will say what do i care if i'm never allowed to mm -hmm. enter politics you know perhaps we should revisit no penalties for those who will destroy the fundamental building block of a representative democracy mm -hmm. which is uh, the people expressing their will and that is done through an election mm -hmm. so that is another again simple thing to do mm -hmm. so in the bottom line is people will cheat because it rewards them so you have to find out why does you know, how do you make it not profitable for any of these people mm -hmm. so you know major penalties uh, they make it yeah, and so many things you can do, you know. Representative commissioners in the Comelec representing not just an administration side, but also the opposition. Mm -hmm. So that intrinsically you will you will uh, make them less able to, to conspire with each other. Yeah. Sir, on that, on that issue, sir, there were the suggestions uh, this week on uh, opening up the, the appointment process to the Comelec. There's, because there's one more position open. It has been vacant since uh, February 2006. And there were suggestions from the civil society to open it up to the public to allow the civil society to uh, have a say on the appointment. Oh. And, mm -hmm. and it's been a history palani under the current administration that it's always been an ad interim appointment, meaning when uh, Congress <laughs> has been adjourned. adjourned. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's a nasty habit, as they say, by mm -hmm. the president. Well, hopefully she'll change this time around, no? but uh, I will not hold my breath waiting for that change. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, on another topic, sir, um, you mentioned about IT a while ago. How do you intend as a potential senator to develop the ICT industry and the science industry? Well, number one, uh, when I was a grade school student, I really was fascinated with all of my science courses, no? be it biology, geology. Mm -hmm. I guess I really had a problem with physics. Eh? <laughs> and just more an interaction with my professor. Or even chemistry for that matter. Was, uh, any of the sciences, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. My teachers were able to, um, shall we say, inculcate so, and encourage us to really... You know, but it seemed like so many things we could understand even full, uh, uh, fuller, no? primarily using science as a, as a method. They made it so interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, if uh, we have a dearth of scientists, then I guess it points out that perhaps we should review mm -hmm. know, how we are inculcating this. How do we encourage our students you know, to go into, again, those fields as opposed to envisioning themselves being managers in a Makati corporation? Mm -hmm. um, how do we... And of course, you, you provide uh, all of the necessary infrastructure. No? Uh, the computers, the the interconnections, be it Wi-Fi or, or fixed lines, mm -hmm. the servers, mm -hmm. uh, per perhaps promotions to all of these uh, international competitions, uh, scholarships to various uh, higher, uh, mm -hmm. uh, well, areas of higher learning mm -hmm. for this particular field, uh, clear-cut rewards or reward structure, perhaps incentives to, to those no, who will undertake all of these directions of government. Uh, what are what are these incentives? No? A lessening of, uh, for instance, taxes on equipment that uh, will be imported primarily in support of IT education. Then um, I get a whole gamut. No? And at the end of the day, like with everything else, I admit I am not an expert on everything all the time. <laughs> no? Therefore, I will I will always stop those who are even more knowledgeable than I am on any given topic and come up, and even those who are opposed to my ideas, and come up with the best possible scheme for and solution for any issue or any any problem facing us. Now, my, one of the things my father taught me was, uh, you should not exclude those who are opposed to your ideas. No? Your ideas and their ideas might result in a cross-fertilization of your good ideas, mixing with these good ideas, coming up with a better product than either of you, you know, could have come up with individually. So the way he put it was, uh, your thesis and his antithesis might produce the synthesis that is better than either of mm -hmm. your positions. Yeah. And I'd like to do that. Yes, sir. Thank you. Sir, my last question is very light. On a lighter note, uh, what gadgets do you use? The techie gadgets. 
cellphone, an iPad. Uh, <laughs> well, I used to be even more into it, no? When the Walkman was the craze in my generation, <laughs> I was one of the first to have it. Uh, Do you own an iPad right now? Yes. Okay. What songs do they contain right now? Practically, every, well, I won't say all the songs recorded in the world, though, but all genres except for rap. Rap, okay. Rap and uh, and is rap and hip hop the same thing? Yeah, I think so. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and even the uh, what is called R and B now, no, it used to be rhythm and blues during my time. And uh, R&B now seems to be actually the same thing, you know. It's more hip hop. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, yeah. but uh, again, you know, I'm fond of. Uh, I think it's called house, mm -hmm. which is the same beat as uh, what uh, disco was to okay. us. House music. Before that, you trance, <laughs> you techno, especially when you're caught in traffic. <laughs> um, of course, the songs of my generation also, which have in invoke all of the memories. Uh, well, the TV, the DVD player, as other gadgets. Um, yung, there is another. It's it's a it's a still camera and a movie camera that uses uh, memory, you know, cards mm -hmm. rather than any other media mm -hmm. of tape, uh, mm -hmm. optical media, and so on. Uh, what else? You know, for the past nine years, I have not really been. <laughs> you you have to schedule everything to the extent that even when you get sick, you have to ask the good Lord to schedule it at these certain junctures. No, so if at all, if I have a relaxing moment, it has to do with my, the serious system that I have in, mm -hmm. well, in, here in Quezon City and also in my district, no, mm -hmm. which uh, gives me a lot of hours of prayer, suppressing so reading. Mm -hmm. And I'm not into e-books. No? Mm -hmm. Somehow I really want to hold the book <laughs> that, that I'm reading. I want the, the hard copy. Which does not necessarily mean a hardcover book. No? Yeah. It can be a paperback primarily. Unfortunately, with ev all the m everything that we had to do, I keep on starting books and winding up w seeing the first two chapters and then pausing <laughs> until the next <laughs> next break we have, which yeah. is unexistent. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. I'm J.B. Rufino, I'm the editor-in-chief of Inquire.net. Earlier, you mentioned agrarian reform and labor management. And I couldn't help thinking that your concern for these issues might stem from the fact that the Aquinas are a landowning family in Tarlac. How did that fact bring about your concern for these issues? And don't you feel that a family in advocating agrarian reform, your motives might be questioned? In effect, you could argue that there is a conflict of interest in that. Uh, can I handle the second one, in labor and management mm. issues? Go ahead. In every time, but it's a seasonal thing that the, the conflict between management and labor now happens with regards to wage issues. No? Of course, managers will say, we can't afford the cost. Labor will say, we can't afford to live. And we have a replay of this tragedy year in, year out. And I've always wondered, why should that be the case? Then you go back to, how did the problem start? You're just thinking about it. No? Mm. Then I, I, I use always the analogy of a, a small panaderia. Mm. When you have two employees, mm. and this and the manager says, "Mayro tayong dagdag na order mamaya, pwede ba kayo mag-overtime? Mm. Oh, ito yung bonus nyo at the end of the day. Mm. But it was so easy for them to, to visualize that entity as the combination of all of their efforts. No? Mm. As opposed to when you are a bigger firm, there is management side and there is the labor side. In Tagalog, it's even more dramatic. Eh? Mm. Kayo at kami. Mm. So by, yung, I was just thinking, how do you get them back from thinking of the kayo and kami to the tayo? How do we get back to the tayo? Which is where it started from. I, one of the, the schemes that we're proposing is that profit-sharing thing. Mm -hmm. Whereby, you know, labor cannot, you know, cannot hide from labor if a company is making good. Or at the same time, if it's making bad. No, mm -hmm. no matter how many books are supposed to be kept by, by management, no, they will know uh, whether mm -hmm. in complete detail or in not to complete detail what the status is they can all the, the part of the provision of that bill is the hiring of uh, an auditor to audit the books of the of the firm that will be subject to the choice of labor from a list approved by by government no? there is no more leeway for whether they will grant it or not it's mandatory okay as a first step towards getting to the point that we make our pie bigger we make the profits get bigger, we have a bigger pie to share, and automatically we are entitled to this proportion of that bigger pie. Okay. In terms of agrarian reform, 
yung eh, even ano our experiences my grandfather for instance my father also were very particular lest we exhibit any any sign of being selfish you know as a kid you have a, a favorite candy you would want to preserve the all of it for your for yourself i guess all of us at some point in time when we were kids would have had our hand caught in the cookie jar trying to get more than what could get what we could take out you, know? you take too much and your mother or your father would say oh sige buksan mo then when you open it you could remove your hand that was caught already in the jar mm-hmm. so that was the simple lesson but in my father's case whenever he saw me he would get from me the bag of candy and distribute its contents to everybody that would pass by no meaning my sisters who probably who might have liked that candy or even if they didn't like it they were given the maid the driver the bodyguard anybody and everybody everybody and anybody to the extent that a lot of times i would be given the empty bag of candy and told ganyan na napapala na swapang itapon mo na yun sa basura so every time, so that was a very important uh, lesson that they they taught to us no so eventually it became second nature to share okay my grandfather also did that no yung to the extent that in effect we are like a socialist enclave in in the country no you are taking care of especially when it was a more manageable size of about 1500 employees from birth till death there were no problems that any of our uh, co-workers had that were not part and parcel of our problems para my grandfather said lahat sila pamilya that was well and good when it was manageable but when it became four times Uh, the size of what we needed in terms of a labor pool it really became unmanageable but even agreeing to the SDO uh, program no, committed us to inputting more and more of capital that was not directly related to that core business no, which existed elsewhere and we owe several billions already in trying to make a go of it in fulfillment of the commitment we have with our co-workers okay. having said all of that is it self-serving no no You, to be honest, you, that is a core program of my mother. We lost a lot of political will when she insisted that agrarian reform would be one of the avenues for growth in this country. Of course, the model is like Taiwan. Right? I think the first time I heard it was from my dad. One hectare ownership, people who, are, who get their land redistributed will be paid, they invest it, or they even just put it in the back, source of, source of uh, savings which fuels investment and so on and so forth. Anyway, <coughs> what I'm saying is, why will I review your agrarian reform? Because when you ask repayment, no, you will be, ge- be given very low figures as to how many have been able to repay. There are a lot of horror stories where they haven't even reached the five-year program mm-hmm. or even the 25-year stretch, let alone another mm-hmm. 25-year stretch, that they are no longer working on the land that was given to them or what was afforded to them by the state. Mm-hmm. Now, Um, at one point when they were trying to hit us completely they said uh, we have to revisit the agrarian program in Luisita because it did not the farmer's lot has not improved so I asked though are we changing strategies we are no longer giving them an opportunity we are now guaranteeing that, that the farmer's lot everywhere will improve no? and the sponsor of the budget measure of the DAR at the time said no we are not changing <laughs> we cannot guarantee that there will be people who are industrious and there are people who will be lazy there are people who can manage certain basic business skills and there are those who cannot there are those who have little managerial skills and then there are those who cannot master any skill on that aspect so it is not a success that it should be it will be a perpetual drain especially if you have other concerned with uh, its continued existence the basic concept is finite set of land Mm-hmm. finite set of uh, beneficiaries mm-hmm. so there's a start and there should be an ending but when suddenly after 20 years they say we have discovered a million and a half if I'm not mistaken no, new hectares of land that should be subject you wonder no, are we going to perpetuate what was wrong before no? and what was wrong there are a lot of failures the beneficiaries did not benefit, uh, benefit from it uh, then before you embark on a new one is it it commonsensical to make sure that you will not just be repeating the same mistakes over and over again. Okay. So what does what happens? So you assetless poor suddenly have assets that is already 
uh, an increase in the potential for your economy to grow. Mm -hmm. Those who were previously landed now also have capital freed from that land that can be used mm -hmm. <laughs> elsewhere to fuel even more growth. Mm -hmm. So do it correctly, then that is one of the routes towards our progress. But repeating the area where there are more and more drain on government's resources, uh, where you know, our farmer beneficiaries are not provided all of the wherewithal to make a go of it, guarantees only a downward spiral and no possibility of an upward movement. Therefore, for anybody who looks at it sensibly devoid of emotions, you know, a revisit, a review is fundamental before you embark on a better program. We talk about labor management. You basically seem to be hearkening to the time of your grandfather when it was manageable, as you say. So, in effect, your thing for labor management is it's sort of like cast in a paternalistic, in a paternalistic no, no, no. mold. No, no, no. Is that right? Um, when, when I was thinking about it, for instance, uh, union officers are elected by the union members. Mm. Like any other politician, he has to keep on producing more and more of uh, either wage benefits or non-wage benefits mm -hmm. to be able to retain his hold in that union. Well and good when the company continues to grow. Mm -hmm. But once you reach a mature level and it ceases to grow, where do you get the wherewithal to continue meeting the increasing costs? No? Mm -hmm. So if left unchecked, you are guaranteeing a conflict which might lead to a demise of the corporation that both of them are seeking to, you know, to maintain, if not make grow. So I asked, how do you, what, where does it start off again? Again, the idea of, whereas before, it was clearly when you were a smaller unit, clear that this is, you belong to one entity. The minute it you had formalized relationships of management on one side and labor on the other side, and it seems that from the get-go, there is already conflict. How does the conflict engender cooperation necessary for growth? So my focus is, how do you get back to a focus on cooperation rather than confrontation. And being an economist, in the profit incentive seems to be um, the main means of getting them towards cooperating rather than uh, conflicting with each other. Do you think there's a role for unions? Yes, because there are certain businesses that are really oppressive. But what, what you're trying to do is get everybody into a more reasonable state. No? No, none of the grandstanding, none of the pro forma posturing, but rather a, a real analysis of these are our concerns, these are viewpoints, those are your viewpoints, no? but there shouldn't really be irreconcilable differences in the, since the core belief is if we, uh, should I put it, if we cooperate and make this thing grow, there is a bigger pie to share. I see. That, that's the, in, in simplest terms, that, that I think is what I'm hoping to be a party in achieving. Okay. My final question is, part of the legislature here is the pork barrel. Hmm. What are your thoughts on that? When I was uh, entering Congress, I thought I could say, you know, no pork barrel. Okay. But then the reality is, since everything really is um, centered on the executive and meaning Manila-centered, mm -hmm. the farther uh, you are away from Metro Manila, and especially if you are not considered a priority project of whoever is in Malacanang, mm -hmm. even basic things like maintenance of your roads becomes an issue. In, I'd like in the people to be aware that, that, well, number one, my barangay captains were the one who taught me about it. Second, our PDAF, no, a substantial portion, has gone into maintaining the MacArthur National Highway, which is mm -hmm. not our concern, but has been left, you know, if we didn't attend to it, if mm -hmm. we didn't fund it, it would have been unattended and probably non-existent by this point in time because the Tarlac River is higher than the MacArthur Highway mm -hmm. and it's an asphalt road. Every time it overflows, you know, it, it floods. <laughs> and of course, hot asphalt dissolves within 24 hours and we stop floods that uh, well, water would still be remaining there for like a week or two weeks. Then obviously, mm -hmm. no more road. And then when they rebuild it, they also rebuild it with that asphalt, even if they haven't addressed the flooding problem. So the PIDA funds have gone into um, areas of clearing new waterways for that, that cost of flooding uh, have gone into direct repair of the MacArthur Highway, which again is not the sole concern of the people of the second district of Tarlac. So, how about you? you Phil Health and hospitalization also has been funded by that. I guess I can stand pat on my record and say anybody wants to look at it, we can demonstrate to you, you know, 
where it went. A lot of times I don't like to uh, fund so-called soft projects, right? which means medicines and things like that, directly. You know, we'd rather fund the hospital mm-hmm. who will be sourcing the medicine and having our constituents go there and access it, which we believe for those, the poorest in society should be entitled to. Right? So will we give it up? You, I'd like to say yes, no? but a lot of times, no? That is the only ad, only way for you to access budgets though, that are indirect uh, that will directly meet the needs not only of my district when I was a congressman no, or still a congressman rather, but a lot of other areas in the country. Mm-hmm. Again, no, if you are not visited and a priority by either the president or certain cabinet secretaries, and even if those cabinet secretaries make you a priority but they don't have the wherewithal, sorry. Mm-hmm. So I was asking students at one point of Fiat, if I'm not mistaken, they were asking the same thing. And to put it in a proper perspective, how many of you had to travel uh, across a river today to reach school or go through a road that was not paved? And out of about a thousand, there were two that raised their hands. Second, so my district, in, this was 98 or 99, you can probably reverse the proportions. Mm-hmm. And I ask you, if you are entitled in Metro Manila to these government services, why why we interlock should not be entitled to it? Especially if we're, you know, cabinet secretary will pass through and we'll see the problem. Mm-hmm. We will be lucky if he passes through one of our roads and says, Uy, kula pala dito. So, the pork barrel is a leveling. No? That somehow, there's a basic minimum that each and every district in the country will get a portion of government's expenditure. Without it, you know, it is very likely that there will be areas that will have zero. Well, then, what about the practice of uh, many of our readers on the website often write about this where every other government project you see is named after so-and-so and so on? You know, you, there, the, you the difficulty to... there is, uh, in my first term, I asked, actually asked no, that my name not be put into this project because I felt that was not an accomplishment, my accomplishment, mm-hmm. no, that was our accomplishment, mm. meaning the constituency, the bureaucracy. And it's not no, really no, your personal right. funds also. But uh, towards the end of the first term, I was being asked what I had, what I had been able to accomplish. And it was also difficult to start giving them this, you know, two rim size <laughs> list no, to each and everybody who asked. So, should we publicize it? There is a side of the video that says no, no, but the, the reality is without it, those there are very few people who will go out of their way to to go to, for instance, the DPWH and say, ano ba pinagagawa ng congressman namin dito? Or will go to DEPED and say, how many classrooms have they been built? Have they built? No? And I guess, in a sense, the well, those in that community will know that there was a change. Mm-hmm. But what about, I have 159 barangays. Will they visit each other barangays as part of their civic duty? I don't think so. No. Will that, uh, will, will, will giving them a piece of information, is that such a big crime? Again, I don't think so. No. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, given that there has been so much focus on, on the so-called pork barrel, you know, I'd like people to be aware that there are very many restrictions on it. Mm-hmm. No. Whereas uh, the same restrictions do not happen in other <laughs> agencies of government. You know, often the AFP, the AD comes to mind that also there was a question in certain LGUs. No? Mm-hmm. You, you limits uh, issues of transparency, their leeway, the guidelines are even a little bit looser. So sum up, you're basically saying that the system makes it impossible oh, no, to, no. to not use the pork, do not make use of the pork barrel. Um, you can you can you can choose not to use it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the people you but said the people expect you. Well, did I, did I mean, I there's expect, a certain no? contract where if uh, you're a congressman, certain projects have to go to your district. Well, given the choice of yeah. nothing or use the pork barrel, I mm-hmm. don't think anybody here in this room can go to his constituents and say, "Oh yeah, let's pack a barter na tayo, mas kaintitled tayo dito sa portion ng national budget, tatagihan na natin." Mm-hmm. Oy, pag dito may dumating sa atin na karsada na hinulog ng langit, doon tayo magkakakarsada. Dahil tinangihan natin yung pondo natin na pwede gamitin dyan sa karsada. Or tulay, or yung, or yung deck, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. You know, it is part and parcel of our job is legislation. The second is to ensure that we get a rightful share. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, 
from we had the 97 financial crisis when we got into Congress the literary has always been walang pera walang pera walang pera but I'm trying to lobby with the various departments hindi kami priority this year pwede ba ko yung priority next year kung hindi pwede next year pwede ba doon sa third year and by the time you know it you're still not a priority and you finished your second term you know yung something as simple as ano helping a business in the district I think it was a bus company This bus company was not allowed to go into Metro Manila. So people in Tarlac who were going to go to Manila had to take two rides because they could stop only at the boundary of Metro Manila, mm-hmm. which is Valenzuela, which mm-hmm. is uh, Petrona Station, which is very far from mm-hmm. the end of the expressway. So you ask, I, we asked the LTFRB if there was some provision that they could be allowed, just an ability to U-turn at that end of uh, mm-hmm. and they would provide their own station and so on and so forth. In furtherance of yung supporting businesses in our district. It took them five years to give us an answer and the answer was no. So, again, um, I will be lying. Originally, I didn't want to, but then when I saw that, you couldn't really get it any other way, no? Especially the farther you are from Metro Manila. Then I don't know how I could face my constituents and say, you know, you could have had that easing of uh, the hardships in your life and I decided so that we will all look very good no, to say, no, thank you. I can't, I can't pay them in a good conscience if I did that. Okay, well, on that note, thank you very much. Thank you also. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Election 2007 podcast of Inquirer.net. No part of this podcast may be reproduced without the written consent of Inquirer.net. For more information, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at election2007podcast at Inquirer.net. That's E-L-E-K-S-Y-O-N 2007 podcast at Inquirer.net. Produced by Creative Voices Productions. All rights reserved, 2007.